Thanks for tuning in to the World XP Podcast. If you're enjoying the content, please drop us up, drop a like, and let us know your thoughts below in the comments. Also, please consider supporting our podcast via the link below. It really helps us out. He's back, the most tenured guest on the show. What an honor. The prestigious World XP Podcast. <laughs> How you doing, man? Good, good. Happy to be back. Yes, sir. It's my Happy favorite to... show to go on. <laughs> Happy New Year, man. <laughs> Happy New Year. Yeah, same to you. So, uh, obviously, for those listening who listen more than once a year, uh, we skipped last week because holidays and stuff and people were busy. And also, I needed a break. But I figured that we would come back with probably the the guest that we talk about the most fun things. So, had to make it happen. Um, and I think today, we'll start with this guy named Brigham Bueller went on Joe Rogan's podcast and um, he basically railed against the health insurance industry. And that was interesting to me. Um, Well, very eye-opening. So with that said, uh, Chris, obviously for those who haven't paid any attention to the last 17 episodes that he's done, um, kind of is, I'll say adjacent to that. I don't know. Is that the right word? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I work for a yeah, a small biotech firm up here. We were uh where we uh work on cancer drugs, right? That's our yeah. It's so, a good synopsis. Yeah. So he's familiar with the FDA, which uh this guy talked a lot about, and a few other things. So I don't like I don't know, you listen to it, so let's just open it up and start and go and what are your thoughts on on the episode, I guess, that he did or just the subject matter generally? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was interesting, right? He I think the the important distinction for people to note that he says right off the bat is that he's talking about these um, natural peptides, right? That he's compounding in his pharmacy and that I think he would make the claim that they should be regulated more like a supplement, right? And not like a drug, a traditional what, drug. What is a peptide for those? I've heard the term thrown around and like I get it kind of, but for those listening who don't know and also me who also doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, sure. So they're... Uh, so your 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 cells are made out of proteins and lipids and some other things. But for the purposes of our discussion, proteins are a major component of your cells, right? And they are made up of these building blocks called amino acids. So any short chain of amino acids is a peptide. So it's like a, you know, it, it's if you were going to make a Lego tower of 50 Legos and you made one of five, that would be a peptide versus a whole protein would be the 50 Lego tower, right? Where each Lego is an amino acid. So a peptide is just a small, you know, a minor building block. Um, in biology, there's a number of peptides that have signaling uh, characteristics, right? So they're not just, not just a piece of the tower you were trying to build, but they also are used in their own communication, sending, you know, growth signals or, you know, come here signals or go away signal, you know, all sorts of signals to different parts of your body. So he's saying, I guess the FDA is trying to ban some. So I don't understand why. Well, I guess you were going to get into this, but then that doesn't make any sense. So if a supplement like creatine, for example, is, cre- is creatine not a, is it a peptide or is it not a peptide? I don't, uh, I don't know off the top of my head. So I get, well, I don't, so I guess creatine is produced in some very small amounts by the body anyway. So it's like a naturally occurring thing. And so, Peptides also, by your definition, I, in my understanding, are also naturally occurring. Um, is that accurate? Um, yeah, I mean, they, they can be, right? 
that like it, it's it's more of a general definition you know mm -hmm. like uh um you could make a not natural peptide it's just it, it's really just standing in for a small sequence of building blocks right so mm -hmm. your your body makes a whole bunch of them i could make a not natural one in the in the in the lab you know it, it would just both of them would be peptides but in his case i think he's synthesizing peptides that are naturally found in the body so for, you oh. know for the purposes of this discussion that's what he's doing Okay, so that doesn't make any sense to me why it would be regulated then. So, which is his thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a couple notes in that, in his in his um, appearance on Rogan that, um, I, like, so like one of his, one of his big points, right, is that since it's naturally occurring, it's, it's safe, right? And that, that I would push back on, right? Like there's lots of things that are naturally occurring that are not safe when dosed inappropriately or put in the wrong spot, right? You know, if you give too much testosterone, testosterone is natural, but if you give too much, it has side effects, right? Mm -hmm. um, similarly, a lot of early immunotherapies in the clinic, they get flagged for overactivating your immune system, right? But it's, it's not the drug itself that's dangerous. It's what your immune system does with it. So it's making a bunch of natural proteins that put you into more multi-system organ failure. So like, just because it's natural doesn't mean it's safe. Okay, um, fair. Yeah, yeah. But I think in, in his case, right, he does have a variety of studies. You know, he's got some data to back it up. So that, I think that, you know, uh, yeah. More theoretically, I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree that just because it's normal or natural, it's safe. But it sounds like he's got data to back it up. Right. So, right. So I guess, so he, he goes into that and then th this is one of the reasons why I want to talk to you specifically about is because I don't understand. So like he can, he threw a bunch of scientific terms out there that I understand. Like I have heard them before because of talking with you and um Katie and Tom and, and stuff, but to somebody who's listening, all I got from that was a complete, just like negative view of, of everything and obviously it's very he's it's biased obviously because it's him telling his side of the story sure but i guess i don't understand where these this peptide term i get i i've only started to hear it recently and i don't get like what is the craze i get or create or like how did how did it end up becoming part of the like the lexicon and like where what is one that people would just know uh, like as another name as like, if it's a, if it's a supplement or like, where mm -hmm. would people know it from? Well, I think, um, I think that new weight loss. Phrase, oh yeah. I think that's a peptide. Oh, so that one's not but banned. So no. So, and I think he does, I mean, he does state somewhere that, that his aren't banned, right. They're just on a dangerous list. Right. So they discussed well, that. I mean, well, for all intents and purposes, that's banned because he also goes into doctors don't because they're seeing so many patients. And if, if they're running their own practice, they have no time to do all the research and stuff to see what's good and what's not good. And so they just go off yeah. the lists that are given to them. So for all intents and purposes, being on a dangerous list is banned, um, yeah. like in, in all practicality. So but how or I guess. I don't, I don't even know what I'm asking. I, so I don't understand the science and I get his point, 
but I have no scientific knowledge. Like, so I, I hear him talk and I'm like, okay, makes sense. Cool. Mm. And then already you've said, well, just cause it's naturally occurring doesn't mean it's not dangerous. Also cool. Good with both of those. Both of those make sense. So like, what's the situation and why are his on the dangerous list aside from like, is there any scientific basis for, for that? Or is it everything that he said? Cause everything mm. that he said paints a pretty bleak picture of um the healthcare situation and before people start running around saying see the u.s healthcare system is not good like that doesn't make all the other ones better either so they all suck <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's um yeah I, I mean i think i felt like his his assessment of the insurance like the insurance pharmacy doctor like triad and it's the issues that come out of that was pretty accurate, right? So like if you're, you know, it's, it's, we, health insurance is the only thing that we treat as not insurance, right? Your homeowner's insurance doesn't cover like changing out the windows on the house. Yeah. Or, you know, your, your auto insurance doesn't cover changing your brake pads, right? Like it's there for, it's insurance for catastrophe, Right. Our health insurance is, is way more like a, you know, a managed payment care plan, like he calls it, right? Like it's supposed to cover everything. It covers your Tylenol, it covers birth control, it covers, you know, it covers Viagra, it covers, it, like it covers everything, right? In some format or another. Um, but that's not an insurance plan. That's like a, you know, that's a dining plan at Disney. <laughs> right? yeah. Like it, it's it's priced accordingly. Well, I wondered about that when I got off my parents' plan because I I was like, I don't go to the doc. Like, why do I, I'm going to end up paying more in insurance than I would have if I just did my FSA or whatever. Yeah. Generally. And so for me, it's not that much, I guess. And it, and I did have a procedure this year that it was very useful for, but aside from, aside from that, if I had just been paying for the insurance, like catastrophe part, it would have been useful, mm -hmm. but for everything else, like, I don't know. I, well, granted, disclaimer: I am healthy and I'm young and whatever. Sure. So other yeah. other people, right? But also, then you get to this thing where it's like, why are medicals? Why is that stuff so expensive in the first place? Like, why, if you mm -hmm. go see a doctor for three seconds, is it two thousand dollars or whatever? Yeah. Number it is. Part of it is because if you just think of an hourly rate and what it costs to buy all the equipment and rent out the space and what the doctor's hourly rate would be like, if you were to divide it into his skill set and expertise, like it's expensive to go see mm -hmm. a doctor. It would be anyways, because I don't know, like I charge a certain amount to be a like soccer trainer and yeah. doctor is worth his time is based on the world we live in worth more than that. So like, I get a certain amount of it, but then it's like, why am I paying? He's he mentioned like $14,000 for some treatment. And I'm like, why, why, why? And you mentioned yeah. that you've mentioned that on previous ones, like this dose actually costs only two cents to make like insulin, for example, it yeah. costs like two cents to make a dose, but somehow it's $50 yeah. or whatever the numbers are. Um, yeah. Don't, don't come at me in the comments about these numbers. I'm making them up for the purposes of showing an example. Um. But yeah, so I don't like what are I don't know. I'm just spitballing stuff here, and yeah. you being more uh, familiar, and also you having 
kids that you would need to go buy drugs for or medicines for and and other things oh yeah so your situation is loads different than mine i have very little experience with it i just swipe the card or whatever and give them my number and i leave it alone for the most part yeah yeah i mean i i see sort of there's two angles that are driving two big ones that drive price inflation in this arena right so the one is on the r d side Right. It's something like 97% of drugs fail. Right. So the 3% that make it have to pay for all the failed research, Right, you still have to pay the researchers and pay for the clinical trial and pay for all the animals and pay for all the reagents, all that stuff adds up. And so the successes have to carry the rest of the research, you know, budget. Right. Mm -hmm. But on the, the other one, I think that the truth be told probably drives it more is that it's a, it's just a disconnect of, pricing from customers right like like yeah so even um even in the the uh in the episode he, he talks about it right so he says you know it costs me three hundred dollars to synthesize this i know the insurance company is only going to give me 30 percent. i need to make over 300 to break even so i charge a thousand right because i know they're going to cut me at 30 percent, and so that's how i'm going to get my 300 right and so there's this weird like dance going on of how much the pharmacy and the doctor actually need to make to make money and how much they think they're going to get paid from the insurance company. And they're trying to guess or use some of their like arbitration stuff to guess how much they're going to get reimbursed. And so they inflate the costs so that they get the right amount back. Right. But that just leads to this constantly, this constant cycle of them inflating the price a little more. The insurance company cuts the percent they're going to, they're going to give back. Right. So then you inflate the price a little more. Now I'm only going to get 20%. Okay, so now I need to charge 1200 bucks so that I can get my 300 because it cost me 300 to make it, right? That's the, and so like you just yeah. kind of cycle that. Like, I feel like it's akin to, to like student loans, right? That there's just this cycle of, there's a cycle of inflation without any normal downward pressure that would be applied by a normal price mechanism, right? So like if you just bought it from the pharmacy, you'd go, look, I'm giving you 350 that's it. And he goes, well, I'm going to charge 500. And then a certain number of people are going to stop buying, right? That, that's the normal dance. Yeah, and I think that's what. So somebody else said something like that, where it's like, if he just bought the drug without the insurance reimbursement, I don't know if it was him or somebody else, but he's like, I can't, I'm not allowed to tell them that I could sell this to you for, I think he was, he was saying he was using two, four and eight. This isn't He's like, so if the insurance <laughs> yeah, sure. in, insurance is going to give me $4 for this thing, I have to sell it for eight, but really I can buy it for two without the insurance. And so yeah. I could sell it to her for, for four, which would be half off the whatever. Um, yeah. And he said, but he's not, he, I forgot who it was. He's like, but I'm, I'm, he said he was like legally not allowed to tell her, which, yeah. which would then it- give the downward pressure that you're talking about from the inflationary side. But it's like, I don't know. Well, that's the in-network in versus out-of-network thing, right? So oh, to be yes, in-network, yes. you have to agree to a certain set of conditions, right? So like now, okay, I can take Kaiser Permanente because I'm in-network. All of their, you know, all their patients are going to come to me. That's how I'm going to get people in. But to be part of this network, I had to agree to a certain set of conditions. So, you know, and I'm sure some of them are arbitration, right? Like that, that so like rather than suing Kaiser Permanente, I probably agreed to go to an arbitrator. Right. Yeah. And that's how they get away with being like, oh, okay, well, I'll pay you when I pay you. I don't know. Like that kind of 
song and dance because they know the legal teeth aren't coming out. It's we're all going to end up at an arbitration anyway. And I think as a big pharmacy, I can probably outlast you, right? Just financially, I don't need the money. You need the money more than I need to give it to you. So yeah, yeah, that's super weird because then then you look at so the oh I'll pay you when I pay you is kind of akin to the rest of the financial system. I was talking with somebody the other day. I was trying to explain like nobody actually has any money. It's all just loaned in a big circle. Um, yeah. And it's really hard to wrap your head around, especially with like fractional reserve banking where the banks only have whatever. I don't know what the percent is. And I tried to explain this on a solo episode and I probably did a horrendous job, but like the banks only keep a certain percent of what they need and they loan out the rest and they make the money on interest. And now it's how they are a business. Um, yeah. But people, it's really hard to wrap your head around that. But then to, to go back to the healthcare stuff. So this guy's pharmacy is called um, Ways to Well. Mm-hmm. And he goes completely outside of the insurance insurances, um, the, the insurance companies. And I was reminded of Mark Cuban's. Have you, heard, have you heard of Mark Cuban's thing? It's like, I forgot what it's called. But he's basically selling drugs at their... Uh, Mark Cuban pharmacy. Um, it's like cost plus drug company. Yeah. So basically mm-hmm. what he does is like he's he has the formulas for all these drugs that are no longer at patents. Yep. Because you can make generics and he's just making making them at super low cost, but he's selling them for what they cost to make. So like on the insulin model that we talked about before, if it costs two dollars to make or two cents or whatever to make insulin, he's selling it for a dollar rather than rather than fifty. Um and yeah. so this so this guy's this Brigham Bueller guy, his thing and Cuban's thing are I don't know if they're and then there's another thing called oh he sponsor um it's like crowdfunded health. Yes. Uh, crowd- I forgot. So, no, not yeah. Yes, I know what you're talking about though. Let me let me look. Crowd I don't want to say them crowdfunded health. I don't want to um not give them credit in case somebody important is listening. I don't know. Crowd health. Yeah, I think that is that the one. Is it crowd health? Yeah, my. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um. But in any event, so these are also outside of the outside of the like the the normal um insurance medical insurance industry, and that's strange mm-hmm. to me because so if they lose so a lot of people or most people I would say get insurance through their employers, and so yeah. they don't think about it because it just comes out of their paycheck. I feel like that's a fair statement, but if you really did your research and declined all of the normal health insurance and you went with crowd health or, 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 mm-hmm. and you went to, you got your medicine from Cubans thing, or you got treatments from um, this ways to well guy. I wonder what the, like how much it yeah. would be to do that. How the price would come out. Yeah. And I, and I wonder if they are creating enough of a disruption to make the insurance people have to rethink or re like 
remodel what they're doing a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, I, I would hope so. Right. But I, I met, I mean, I'm thinking about the patient, the patient population that leans most heavily on their healthcare at the moment are boomers and above. Right. And they will be af afraid to go outside of an institution. Well, right? I'm saying in, in, in 15 years, after yeah, most maybe, of them yeah. have passed, then then what's the situation going to be? Because yeah. a, a lot of people, well, I say a lot of people, I don't know, this is anecdotal, but there are people that I know who trust me and like wouldn't lie to me who are saying I am not, if I don't have to go to my PCP, I'm my primary care, I'm not going. I'd rather find another solution. I don't think the... They are either misdiagnosing yeah. me or they don't listen to me or I'm going to try and do my own research and cut this out of my diet or add this to my diet or add more yeah. of this vitamin. or do. And I know people that are doing that that are my age. And I wonder if in 15, 10, 15 years or something, we're going to see a shift in that. And it's kind of similar to the legacy media, like the corporate media that we'll get to later. But their yeah. audience is the same group that you just mentioned. And a lot of yep. people our age are like you guys are full of crap. So it feels yeah. very uh, that's fair. I mean, I, I'm with you. I think a lot more people I know are kind of into biohacking in one way or another, right? Whether it's dieting or introducing supplements or cold plunges or you know other kind of like you said out of the box thinking. So yeah, maybe. And and I do. I I mean that gives me hope because I do think. There's a very weird managed care aspect to this whole thing that like, I've got a good, a good story of this actually with one of the kids where um, we were traveling. And so one of my kids, the youngest one was really prone to ear infections for a while. Right. And she ended up needing ear tubes and that all worked out fine. But before that she, we were traveling and she got it, what was clearly an ear infection and she got them, you know, every one every like two months or so for a while. So it was pretty, pretty clear. We knew what it was, right? Like it was, so it was a matter of getting a prescription written for an antibiotic so that she could be not in pain anymore. Mm -hmm. So I go into a, you know, I, I, we were traveling, like I said, so we, we weren't near her pediatrician who kind of knew the situation. So we went to a pediatric or we went to an urgent care down where we were and uh, she was not happy with the situation, right? Like she hadn't slept well um, and was clearly in pain, right? She didn't have a fever or anything yet, but it was pretty clear what was coming. And so we waited an hour in the back of the urgent care. And basically, like I said, I, I know, I was like, I know what I need. I need you to write on a piece of paper or now it's electronic. I need you to press a couple of buttons so that I can go to the CVS and get amoxicillin. Like that's why I need amoxicillin. That's, yeah. So all of this is just to get there. And so I, I go in, um, and she had just reached a stranger danger phase of kids, which is always fun. So the doctor comes in, she's wearing a mask. She wants nothing to do with this person. Like she's screaming bloody murder. She's trying to crawl on top of me to try and get to my back. I get, I don't know what the plan was, but she is just having nothing to do with it. She's screaming bloody murder. And this guy is just insistent that he needs to a listen to her lungs and B get a pulse. And I was like, I mean, she's screaming her brains out. You can't listen to her lungs right now. What are you going to hear? It's just going to like, it's not like she's going to take a deep breath for you. 
you're, you're not going to hear anything. And he was like, well, I need a pulse to know that it's not elevated. And I was like, it is elevated. She's freaking out. <laughs> She's having a panic attack. Her pulse is definitely elevated right now. Yeah. Please, I'm just going to pin her down. Can you peek in her ear and see if it's inflamed or not? And then we can get the song and dance over. And he wouldn't do it for like half an hour. He was like, I, you know, we take a pulse. It was elevated. He was worried. It could be something else. I'm like, it's not something else. She's losing her mind in front of you. But before he could go through the system, he had to check the box. And the box said, pulse, oxygen reading, listen to lungs, right? And I was like, this is like, this is ridiculous. Like, you're not a doctor. You're a, uh, like, you're worse than an AI chatbot. Yeah. Right? Like, I, 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 this is ridiculous. Like, we, we all know what we're doing here, but he had to check the box so that we could go through the process, even though it didn't make any sense. Like, it, it, you know, what's a pulse on somebody who's having a panic attack going to tell you? You know, nothing, but it's the legal but, thing, right? If they if they have a high pulse and the whatever they prescribe, then give yeah. It. But like that still is non. That still is almost nonsense. Like just let me sign a waiver, yeah. Then or or mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. Yeah, that's insane. It's but it, insane. It, getting back to the point, right? It, it was managed. The care was not being managed by the doctor. It was being managed by the system that the doctor was in. He was just a stand-in for the computer program that demanded an O2 reading and demanded a pulse, right? Like, it, yeah. you know, so yeah, that's, and that's you, bonkers yeah. to me that they go to school for so long to do that. Right. At this point, yeah. right. Some, some, that's a gross generalization, obviously. Um, but also there's a lot of truth to that. And that to me is, it's like, dude, it's like, I just, so, so, uh, this is just the like the whole system. So you're going to go in debt to go to undergrad and then you're going to go in a lot more debt to go to med school because you want to help people. And then you're just going to be basically an AI chat bot for some insurance system just so you can pay back the gazillions of loans that you did. Like the whole thing is nonsense. Yeah, The whole thing is nonsense. And I've, I've said, I mentioned this to somebody about um the university systems like the only re like most people know it's bonkers at this point and people are shifting away from it and the same is with yeah. insurance but the problem is you can't not go to medical school like i can't just say i'm a doctor right the medical yeah. school does yeah. it give you the piece of paper that's like okay you're gonna like do things to my body you at least yeah. know what you're talking about and so there's a monopoly on on it um yeah and I think I mentioned this in a text in, in a text to you. All of those old or like legacy traditional institutions are in the same mm -hmm. boat. Media, uh, health stuff, universities, they're all in the same boat where they're having their monopoly like loosened a little bit. Mm -hmm. And while hopefully the transition happens for all of those. We're gonna be in a bit of a, a wild west type phase where if you want to go to like yeah. this ways to well guy, like how do you know that this Brigham Bueller guy? I mean, I'm sure he's got all the he's got all the papers and whatever else from he went to this school and that school. Sure, yeah. But like you're gonna start going to these people to say, Oh, I want to get out of the system, right? Me and you are still in the system because yeah. we kind of have to be at the moment. The amount of research that it's gonna take to truly like get out of it is almost not worth the time, which is part of the problem yeah. but we're gonna but it's if you want to do it you have to spend the time because there's going to be people that are like i'm a doctor i'll sell you this thing and it's actually a sugar pill and they just scammed you for 100 bucks or whatever 
And so yeah. you, that's going to be a really, people are going to have to take a lot of, I think a lot of personal responsibility is going to have to be like people, I feel like need to be really, really ready for whatever's coming. Like I don't, I don't envy the kid who's 10 now running into this in 15 years when all the adults have no clue what's going on. Cause this is all new for them too. And everybody's just figuring it out at the same time. Like this is going to be a really, like a lot of people are going to, it's going to be crazy, I think. Um, yeah. But I, I so. do think, I mean, I think it'll, at the very least, I, what I hope is that it'll it'll fall into a similar model to other stuff, right? Like, you know, how do you find a plumber? Right? It's not like I really know how to check plumber credentials. No. You know, I look around, I ask a couple people, I go across the street, hey, you got a good plumber? No, I mean, right, like I ask around, yeah. some reputation I develops, and then you call somebody, right? And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't um you know and i think for for like pcp level stuff that's probably a decent model right like oh yeah i got a, I got a doctor he's great he helped me with this thing or no i've been working with this guy for six months i've made no progress this is ridiculous i'm out right and or, I'm tell I feel, everybody else, or i feel loads worse right so like I, I that's where i sort of hope at least for the basic stuff and i know a number of clinics too have been moving a little bit towards that model right so like you're you're you even in the model, system right well sorry i'll take a step back a slightly different model which is they'll have this is still within the system but they'll have you and a number of people paired with like a doctor and then a physician assistant combo right and so most of the time you'll see the physician assistant right that's kind of how you'll and then if something needs to kind of get escalated, then you'll, then you'll go to your doctor or you'll see your yeah, doctor. That's you know. fine. Yeah. But I think it's that kind of thing of moving a, a little bit away from the overwhelming credentialing of like, you know, Hey, to do kind of normal day-to-day -day stuff, you probably don't need the full credentialing degree system to take some blood pressure to, you know, like to kind of do some basic things. Yeah. So I, I hope that's a sign of things to come. Mm -hmm. I think so too. Like I went to, um, during COVID, I, I went to the same urgent care where I used to live and it's the only mm -hmm. one there's like, there's a, I don't know. There's it's the only one in Fredericksburg. I think there's, um, maybe 10 or 12 of them. So it's not like a patient first or, or a big one. And it was kind mm -hmm. of a little bit out of the way. Um, and once your stuff is in the in the system, then they kind of like, they know you're they're a bit familiar with with you, and the prices were super reasonable, and I could pay with the. I do I do I don't mind the FSA system, where you put tax free money on on a card, and you can swipe the card, and at least it's tax free, and then it kind of mm -hmm. and you can choose how much you want to put on it. Um, mm -hmm. And but you have to pay a certain amount out of pocket before in, insurance kicks in or whatever. So it's like, I mean, it's not great. But point being, the prices mm -hmm. there were so much cheaper, and I could still because it's still FSA eligible. But they weren't doing the whole like insurance song and dance. It was just like, here you go, here's your medicine for eight bucks, go. And I was like, oh, yep. that's uh, that's very nice. So I kept going back, <laughs> and people were like, yeah. and then people were like, oh, who's your PCP or whatever? And I was like, no, I don't have one. Yeah. So that was nice, but same, I don't know. I feel like I got very lucky with that. Um, yeah. I found out about them because it was 
it was like the very height of the pandemic and people were like, Oh, you need to get tested before you go see grandma or whatever. And they had yeah, an sure. opening. They hadn't, they were the only ones with an opening that day. Cause I procrastinated of course. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, this actually worked out quite nicely. These people are not treating me like I'm an animal who's going to breathe on them. And then they're all going to die of COVID. So that was <laughs> nice. And then I just kept going back, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. It's very, very weird. I don't. I, just... I mean, I, I mean, I li- I like his idea. Right? I, I like the way Swell idea. I mean, I, oh, I will great. say, I think he overpromises a bit, but yeah, I would expect I that out of kind of anywhere, right? Like, you know, I think when he was talking about all the tests he would run, I think a lot of those. I think there, there's kind of an uh, there's an aspect of the medical establishment where more data is always better, and I don't think that's true. I think sometimes more data is just more paperwork. Um, and so like, even when he was talking about like, oh, we're going to do all these things, right? We're going to do a gut microbiome check and we're going to do this. And we're, you know, and I was like, I just don't even know what you would do with that information, even if you got it, right? Like it's a 23andMe kind of test. I guess you're part Scandinavian. Well, well uh, he, the gut micro, go ahead. I was going to say, well, he was saying kind of, then he could um, see like, like to the biohacking point, like they could, instead of just giving you a medicine, they could say, hey, you're probably feeling like your body's inflamed because you're actually kind of allergic to this thing. So mm-hmm. stop eating this thing and then you won't need the medicine. Um, yeah. So, I mean, but that's like, that's not a microbiome thing, right? That's a blood test kind of thing. So, no. so like some well, of it. He said that too, but. Yeah. yeah. So I, I will say, I, I do think there's definitely something to having out of the box tests. I just think there was an aspect of that that was an upsell where I was like, I just don't, even if you got those results, I don't know what you do with them. That's, and maybe, fair. to be fair, maybe he knows. Maybe there are tests I don't know about. It's not exactly my arena. Yeah. But I I think there's been a number of pitfalls for the, the field in general. Like for a while, genetics was going to solve all medicine. And then it turned out that that's probably not going to work. So like for probably... This is like a inside baseball thing, but for a while, actually, it was pushed a lot by Francis Collins, who's the NIH director. But the idea was Still? that you would, uh, I don't, maybe I'm not sure. At well, least former. I'm, I'm googling this right now because that person Reese. is bananas. Yeah, he. I'm not sure if he currently is, but at least was in the last couple of years. Right, like he was during COVID. I don't know if he's turned over since then. Um. Oh, speaking of Francis Collins, I see a. Hold on, keep keep going with what you're oh, okay. with, with what you're about so, to say. So here's what here's what was happening ten years ago, right? Which was uh maybe fifteen years ago now. Basically, there was this idea that you could genetic sequence genetic sequencing was coming onto the market in a way that was now accessible to lots of people. So for a while, it was super expensive. It was a super high technical technique, you know, or technical skills required, technical lab equipment required. It really couldn't be done in a lot of places. So it started to scale in a way that you could get it for cheap. It could be done quickly, cheap. It could be done in a lot of places. It became more of a basic technique. And so there was this belief that all of a sudden we were just going to start genetic sequencing everybody and all their tumors, and you were going to find the mutation and you were going to cure everybody and everything was going to be fine and everything was going to be genetics. And so the whole field like went chasing this white rabbit of genetic testing of various things. And then it turned out that really most of that's a flop. Like there's a handful of hits, 
but can I ask most why, of that is can I ask why that like so obviously I don't understand the science, but just listening to it, that doesn't sound like it would work. From, yeah, like, I mean, from like what, like what does your genetics have to do? If you have a tumor, isn't that just the cells kind of attacking each other? And whether it's the immune immune system or inflammation or like crazy inflammation or or something else, like what does mm -hmm. genetics have to do with that? I mean, I, I think the idea was that you could sequence people's cancer and find vulnerabilities that had been introduced by other mutations. So like cancers tend to mutate a lot more than a normal cell, right? That's kind of sure. how I got there. And so the idea was that you could individually tailor each patient's treatment to their cancer by looking for vulnerabilities that, that had been introduced while the cancer was growing. And in some cases that is true. There are targets that the cancer picks up that are then druggable targets, right? So you they lose a protein or they gain a protein and now you can attack that angle with a drug. So when you talk about protein, uh, like a spike protein type thing is one that we heard a lot during COVID. Is that what kind of thing you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, like Ish? that. Okay. Yeah, like it, it'll be a, you know, one of, a lot of them fall into this category of their, they are proteins that make the cancer a cancer, right? So they're, they're a driver mutation that make it go from like a, a normal a cell. Marker? Yeah, exactly. So okay. like it's a, you know, a, a BRCA2 or a HER2 or a um let's see there's a couple other ones that people know BRAF uh so like there's a number of things that people who are in the like in the arena or or patients may have heard and basically those are mutations that are the cancer can't lose like if it loses it it's not cancer anymore right and so you can now attack that angle knowing that it can't give up that position right so if you can fix that then you have a chance at treating the patient the problem is in those cases, and this is what genetics ran into it a lot, is that the, um, the, the cancer is a dynamic process, right? So it eventually, for most of those inhibitor kind of treatments, it eventually finds a way around it. It just takes a while. So you buy yourself some time, but you're probably not going to cure anybody with it. Mm. Um, and so, but yeah, there, that, that was the thing, right? It was, it was genetics. And the reason that this brought to mind is the new thing in the, the arena is the microbiome. The microbiome is going to solve everything. It, it impacts everything. It does everything. It, it, so like when somebody says, I'm going to do a gut microbiome check, in my head, a used car salesman flag goes up where I'm like, wait a second. Like I, that, I don't, I don't know any actionable, any action you can take with that data that I've seen that's convincing. Um, what would it show you? What types, of th what types of things would it show you? it would show you like what the bacterial breakdown in your gut is, right? So like all of us have, you know, on board various bacteria mm -hmm. um, and in different locations, the like the subspecies are different, right? So like based on your diet, you can change which bacteria, right? Because the bacteria are just eating whatever you're eating. So right. you change your, your diet, you can starve out certain ones or support other ones, right? There's the probiotics too, right? Like, you know, Yogurt has good bacteria or it has good yeast. So, uh, you know, uh, or good bacteria, right? And so that's, you can colonize your gut with the good bacteria. I just don't know any health outcomes that people have found where they go, okay, you have bacteria X. We need to get rid of bacteria X. I, I guess there's one. But Would those be indicators of um, 
would by like would the bacteria be indicators of potential like inflammations or anything like that like if you've got a bunch of like i guess the analogy i can use is like if you've got a bunch of was it white blood cells are the ones mm -hmm. that attack yeah. if you got a bunch of like white blood cells somewhere then you probably got an infection or something like that is that a yeah. potential thing that is that they're looking for maybe or is that like kind of yeah uh, it's it's definitely plausible i think you could just get there by hey do you feel bloated or like like i think you could get there hmm. a different way and like i said I, i'm just not sure the readout is going to come out that your biome is made up of 50 percent this bacteria and 47 percent that and three percent this and i don't know that we know what the optimal ratios are you know i, I don't know which way to try and move the needle even if you tell me oh. where it's at that, um, that's fair well i guess if it's relatively new i guess we're finding out kind of not to mm -hmm. i don't know yeah yeah but so then i guess my, i would want that done in sort of an academic lab that's doing research and not so much paying for it in my clinic right that well, would that's be fair that's fair that's my point is that like yeah um all right so francis collins <laughs> uh he said so I don't know when this article, so I just typed in NIH director and this article is from, uh, what's today, Thursday. So this article is from yesterday. And it says, Francis Collins said, we weren't really considering the consequences of extreme home measures such as business shutdown, school closures and stay at home orders. And he could, and uh, oh, yeah. I, guess these, I guess these comments were last summer or yeah, last summer, he confessed that the public health people made a really unfortunate mistake by ignoring the devastating side effects of the intervention that they believed were, um, yeah, anyways, well, no shit, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all of, you know, all of health interventions is always a, a benefits versus risk ratio. And if you artificially put the risk at zero, then everything yeah. comes out right. That's really well, you know what's crazy to me is all these people can come out and be like, oops, we messed up, but it doesn't matter. People's lives were ruined already. So yeah. it's like, nice. You did a bunch of stuff. You said that Rogan was taking horse medicine and you pushed all these vaccines and, and whatever else. And now you just get to be like, oh, sorry, guys. Like, that's not that to me is not good enough. And nobody's going to go to jail and nobody's going to do anything like this. I is mean, super... nobody's going to get fired. No, <laughs> like, like, right, like, yeah, nobody. That's... And this is super anecdotal, but I've heard people say, Oh, I've heard more people say my kid has pneumonia in the last month than mm -hmm. ever. Like, yeah. pneumonia used to be in a kid, I, I can recall two times because I, when I when I was a kid about somebody having pneumonia because I was like oh that's serious like you you like you read in books about colonial days or whatever that people die of that right <laughs> yeah, like, but so, but it was like a note it was like a noted like oh pneumonia is serious I've heard so many people and people are saying well because the heart's doing this and side effects from this and that and and we'll never know and part of me like really like I didn't take any mm -hmm. boosters but part of me really regrets just taking the first because I. It let me go. It let me travel one place that I that yeah. I wanted to travel, and it was good, and it was like whatever. Had a good time, but not worth. I I don't know. Yeah. I, so I and but but again, like I I don't know. You've heard people go to like the if you just like Google died suddenly or whatever. 
Yeah, sir. It's a little bit kind of, it makes me nervous and I don't. And so what? Fauci's going to say sorry. Yeah. Nice. Well, even, um, I don't remember if it was Moderna or Pfizer. I think it's Pfizer. Somebody's on the hook. They're supposed to do a subclinical myocarditis study in, in adolescent males. Ooh, are they really? Yeah, but they've been slow rolling it. Like it was supposed to come out. Of course they have. Like a year ago. Uh, was it Um, clinical trial? Yes. Yeah, I think it's a, yeah, search like Pfizer trial subclinical myocarditis study or something. How do you, there's a, how do you spell myocarditis? Uh, M-Y-O-C-A-R-D-I-T-I-S. Dude, it's not even coming up in the search bar. Let's see. Like that word is not coming up. Oh, Oh, there it is. There it is. It wasn't coming up after the words clinical trial, which is bonkers also. The internet's out to get us all. <laughs> right. Um, oh, I don't, yeah, I don't, but they were, it was part of their original agreement for their, their EUA, right? Was what's, what's EUA? So, uh, the emergency use authorization. Oh. Right. So the authorization to use it was conditional on these follow up studies. Right. And, and so, like, this does happen. Um, like, so this does happen in, in cancer too. Um, which is they have these scenarios where I forgot what it's called, accelerated approval. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. So you get a you get a drug, it looks like it's working really well. And the FDA will say, listen, we don't want to have wait like six years while a bunch of people die if you have this drug in your pocket that looks like it's it's working, right? And so yeah. what we're gonna do is if you have a good enough data package, it's not perfect, but it's pretty good. We need the drug now, we're gonna give you accelerated approval on the condition that you do the follow-up study, right? So like you're approved, you can sell the drug, you can give it to people, you're on the hook to do this study, right? From what I've heard, most of the time, those follow-up studies kind of fall apart eventually. And well, yeah, I, I don't of course, know- of course, because of what all <laughs> what, what that guy was talking about, where it's like the CEO of this company will go to the FDA or vice versa, and they'll just move around and then stuff just drops off. And yeah, it's not, fun. Just... it's not, it's not a good time. And that then, and then, and then people wonder why people on the news or whatever are wondering why nobody trusts anything. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe because the information is now readily available and you've gotten caught in a gazillion lies in the last five years. It's probably not a good, probably not a good look. Um, yeah. For you. Um Yeah. I don't know. Okay, here, here I got one. It was, yes. Uh, yes. So this was a, a post from somebody who follows regulatory affairs in July. And it, it was an FDA required subclinical myocarditis study of mRNA COVID boosters and more generally to holding the FDA accountable for timely follow-up of post-market study commitments. The problem for her was that the FDA denied her request to expedite the pro- the processing of her FOIA requests about those. those. But basically, they were supposed to do a, a report. It got delayed sort of indefinitely, to the best of my knowledge. So now she, as like a regulatory person, is following up down the trail and going, hey, where'd this thing go? Like, you were supposed to do it. Where'd it go? Um, and then she's getting stonewalled on FOIA requests. So. Shocking. You know, it's. I. If it. 
if it comes out, like if the report comes out and they find that it didn't have an increase or hardly any, is anyone actually going to believe it? I don't know. So I mean, so, I, uh, actually, I think this. I think people who believe it now will believe it then, and people who don't believe it now don't won't believe it then, right? That's well, I'm I, not sure. Yeah, it'll yeah, move. that's that's a fair point. It's not going to move the needle at all. I guess is what I'm is what I'm saying. Like people, like I'm not going to sit here if it comes out and, and be like, oh well, I'm not worried anymore. Yeah. So oh, I don't. I mean, know. I, it sucks, man. Yeah. It sucks. Like I don't. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it it's it's been sort of fascinating to watch, right? Like, like you said, it, it's sort of a like it's a, it's institutional trust crumbling in real time, which is very odd to watch happen, right? Like, I think it's it's in some ways fascinating, but it's it's also sort of scary to go, hey, what comes next? I don't know, but like to see these things happening in real time and to go, well, I was told something different. And now, I don't. I, I'm with you. I, I don't know how people sort of rabbit hole their memory. Yeah, but, well, that's what know, I was saying like earlier I, when I was like, "It's going to be wild for a bit until we until we figure out whatever is coming next." Because that yeah. transition period, while some well, while some other system is building trust, it doesn't have everybody's yeah. trust yet, and the other one is losing all the trust. And so at some at some point, both whatever the new thing is and the old thing are going to be at like low. For everything yeah um well i thought and, i mean a good oh go ahead and just one other one other point that i, I wish i had considered uh, i heard some guy saying like at the beginning of covid he was like well if it's as deadly as they say and it that like if it kills us like he's like a athlete like early 30s or whatever he's like if it kills me he was talking about him and his brother he's like if it kills us it's going to kill everybody so we might as well just do whatever we want to do anyways and I wish I had had, and like, I wish I had had a little bit of that thoughts were not like, not that I would have been reckless or anything, but with, with getting the, getting the shots and whatever else I wish I had had a little bit. Cause I really, I, I pushed it a lot. Like I got it a lot later than a mm -hmm. lot of people. Um, and I wish I just hadn't, have, I wish I, I wish I just would have waited another three, four months and then just been like, yeah, it's probably fine. But well, I mean, it is yeah. what it is at this point, but yeah, no, it's fair. And I think, I mean, there, there's sort of two two points to that, right? So there was one, uh, this was a, a tweet by Robert Califf, like two or three days ago, right? So he's the, um, is he head of the FDA? He's the FDA commissioner, right? And so it was about this preprint that had been put out uh, with Pfizer as well, you know, Pfizer members as part of the, the author, the authors of this article. And um the quote was amazing because the internet did what the internet does and like pointed out that this is ridiculous. But like I wrote down the quote because so he it was talking about the like the most recent booster campaign, right? And it said how recent how recent was that? Uh which one? The quote or the, the booster campaign? Uh this fall, the last fall. So this is January, right? So like the most recent one that so came like out. Three, like three months ago. Yeah. They're still doing that? Oh yeah, yeah, they're still they're still pushing it. I mean, no, uh, mathematically, nobody's getting it, right? Like it's okay. five percent of the population. That's um, good. But which I think again is like this is trust or trust crumbling in real time, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I, yeah. This is, um, but so so he writes on X, 
Importantly, those with previous vaccination but no updated vaccine appeared to be unprotected, end quote, right? And people were jokingly pointing out that it's a weird time when the FDA commissioner goes full anti-vax, right? Like I was like, because you're just stating outright that having however, I don't even know how many shots were before this one. If you had them all, his, his claim was that you're unprotected. And so then you should get this next one. No. But like, and it, the thing, the funny thing was, he's misreading this paper, which is the funny part, because he's like, he, his claim is that you are unprotected if you had all the previous shots, right? Therefore, the only way therefore they, you need the new one. Yes. The only problem is the only way you could ever make that comparison is you would have to find somebody who had never had COVID and had no shots. And I know none of those people. Everyone I know has had COVID. Yeah. All of them, right? Yeah, yeah. And a mixture of them have had a mixture of a number of shots. There's no comparison group to unprotected, right? So who is this? Who are you even comparing to get this phrase? So like... You know, it, it was just fascinating to watch. Like I said, it's 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 been fascinating for me to watch people go, well, you have to get it and it's super safe and effective so that you can protect me. And I say, well, if it's effective, then why can't you just get it? And then you sort of see the wheels spin, right? Where I'm like, I, I, if it's effective, then why can't you just take it? Mm. And you can leave my two-year-old alone yeah <laughs> right like it's uh it's been weird to watch yeah but did you go ahead did you see bill maher and and uh seth myers they're back was and it forth on this mcfarland yes 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 yeah yeah i did that is so for those listening um could go ahead and summarize but just go just google um bill maher seth mcfarland covid um discussion or whatever and it'll i'm sure it'll pop up i think was it like six minutes or something like that i don't know yeah any go ahead yeah no it, it was them it was them talking on club random right which is bill maher's kind of more fun podcast which i enjoy i don't know about mm -hmm. you but i i enjoy it from time to time um and it was it was seth mcfarland kind of going all in like as a cheerleader for the public health establishment and for vaccination but the and Bill Maher kind of taking the more skeptical position, which he's kind of developed over the last you know two years or so. But I would you know I don't I don't feel like Bill did a great job defending his points in the in the particular clip. No, but not really. It, it it was interesting to watch, like I said, like Seth MacFarlane kind of like poo poo the idea of natural immunity, and then go well like because he said he was like well I know everybody who's had it more than once, and I was like the correct response to that people who didn't get the shots have had COVID more than once, so you don't have any immunity. The correct response to that is, so did everybody who got the shots. Everybody got COVID. All of, like, everybody got it in the end, yeah. right? That's, I don't, I don't know about you. Do you know anybody who didn't get it? I don't know anyone who didn't get it. Uh, my dad says he didn't get it, but I think that's just because he never got tested, so he's <laughs> like, it's like, if I didn't get tested, I don't have it. And I was like, yeah, I think you're lying. Yeah. Um, well, no, that's, I mean, that half a joke, like but that's it though, really, yeah. I mean, I don't know anyone, it's everybody, got it. so, but I, yeah, like you said, it's, that's not the, the sales pitch that we were all given. No. Is that you'll get this and then you'll get COVID too, which again, like getting to the myocarditis thing, 
you know, we, we've talked about this before kind of off air, but your choices aren't really shot or COVID. It's COVID or COVID and shot. Those are your choices, yeah. right? Like you, you will get it again. The question is whether you've had a shot between now and then, but you'll yeah. get it again. That's, that's why I, I wish I had waited and just got it and been like, oh, that's not so bad. Like, granted, I'm in a different, like it was bad for other people and sure. that's, yeah. that's fine. But for me, it for me, it would not have been bad. Even if I yeah. didn't have the, I can, I can almost like bet the, bet the farm on that. Like, I think it, I would have been fine. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't well, know. I, it's, it's odd to watch. Like you said, it, it, it kind of leads into our other topic of discussion, right? Our usual topic mm-hmm. of like crumbling media of like, even if, so, so my, my position on these vaccines at this point, right. Is that the booster buys you some protection for a limited amount of time, right? Mm-hmm. So the limited amount of time is like a month or two months. You'll, you have some antibody-based protection based on getting a booster, right? So with that math, I don't understand why you would do a yearly one for people who are high risk, right? Like even, like even understanding that position, right? Like if your position was these people need protection then they should be getting dosed every three months, from September to May? Yeah. Like, how does one a one-off help them? I mean, it doesn't. I mean, it, well, it doesn't. So... It doesn't, right? Just, like, and, it, and you... I mean, like most respiratory viruses, you start your vaccine push in uh, September, August, September. It's definitely worn off by January. Yeah. Right? Like, you, know, that's, <laughs> you know what else is interesting? A lot of people... So... This happened. RFK starts running for president, um, and then, and he and then he goes on Rogan and he and he talks about um, these kind of like vaccine injuries or, or whatever, and mm-hmm. he's suing these like with the mercury um, poisoning and and whatever else. And I, I've also heard people say and been like being like, I'm not getting another vaccine ever again, and so yeah. this whatever whatever happened is. And that's going to be a weird one for the next generation of people who lived through this and kind of were like, ooh, I don't know. And then like, okay, so does my kid have to get all 42 shots or whatever it is before I send them to school? Right. And that's going to be a super weird. And and so even if all of those worked, are we going to see something like polio come back? God forbid. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So like they did this yeah. to them. They like what happened the the days the Pfizer's and, and all them basically have created this situation and maybe, I don't know, I'm not going to go as far as to say as on, as, as on purpose so they could go make a new thing for polio when it comes back or whatever. But they've created mm-hmm. this, this, this situation has been created now where like, I <laughs> maybe I shouldn't, eh, it's fine. I've never gotten a flu shot, mm-hmm. but I've also never got the flu. Yeah. So why am I going to start getting the flu shot, especially now? It's like I'm not. Right. Yeah. But then, what if I get older and I really need it? Like, but so I. That, yeah. Like, what do you, your what your do you, math what changes, do you, right? Right. But what do you do with that? Then, when you've got a whole new generation of kids that the parents are like are, are lived through this, 
and um, I don't know if I want to yeah. do that. Like maybe right people say, oh, like the vaccines cause autism, uh, whatever. I don't know, right? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. saying I'm not yeah. saying they do. YouTube, I love you. Don't take my video down, but. What yeah. what happen what happens now to the next generation if if enough people decide that they don't want to do that has smallpox been eradicated completely like really completely yeah. I don't well, I don't right. know but I'm just saying like we could be in for we could be in for a world of hurt and um yeah it's like it's the yeah the watching the trust crumble real time is uh yeah. is very interesting and watching people's trust crumble like watching people hit the mark where it's like oh it was wrong the whole time and then mm -hmm. like it's like a month later for somebody else in a different story or whatever uh, yeah, it's been right. very very strange and a little yeah. bit weird and watching people become super jaded like overnight it's been yeah i it's, it's like i didn't think yeah i've never been an adult before <laughs> like but <laughs> but i didn't don't think, start now <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, maybe that would be, I'll go to Neverland and live with Peter Pan. But um, I didn't think that this would be something that I would ever experience. Growing up, yeah. be like, okay, yeah, the government, maybe they do some stuff wrong. But generally speaking, like, we vote for them, and they're looking out for us. Maybe it's hard to look out for each individual, of course, but like, okay, I never thought mm. we'd be in this situation. Maybe that's naive yeah. of me, and maybe also because I've never been an adult, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's just it's very weird it's very weird i don't know well i i think it's been we've touched on this before in previous podcasts but I, it's something that i i love the thing i love the most about sort of the x social media platform option which is not much i don't usually enjoy it but what i do enjoy is the capacity to like fact check people in real time and to do it in a way that like is irrefutable Right. And so like, so like the, the president of Harvard resigns, right. Claudine Gay, she mm -hmm. resigns. She does that little, the little tap dance at Congress about anti-Semitism. That was ridiculous. If people haven't seen that, go Google that. That is absurd. Anyways, keep yes, going. That, yeah. And you know, it's funny because I, I think I've, I re-listened to her comments and in an attempt to read her in the kindest light, what I suspect she was trying to do was she was trying to avoid a trap that she tends to, like, she has laid for people in the past, right? Which is to do a word bait and switch after the fact. So she's saying, so uh, whoever the Congresswoman is saying, she's asking, does calling for Jewish genocide, is that a problem with like Harvard's bullying policy? Which probably should be a problem for any bullying pro like calling for genocide is probably outside the range of bullying yeah it's probably, a, probably a bit of a problem yeah you'd say yes but what i suspect she's thinking are is the congresswoman has one thing in her head what calling for genocide means and the harvard president has a different thing in her head and so she's trying to avoid falling into the trap of well now you said that you can't call for genocide because that's against the bullying. But this person said there shouldn't be an Israeli state. So what does that mean? Right. And, and so like, I suspect she's trying to avoid that bait and switch trap, right, of defining the word genocide in a non genocide way. But she's been doing it on other issues 
all the time, right? Like the, it's, it is common parlance to call for other group genocide, but not actually be doing that, right? Like just say, hey, I think the marginal tax rate's a little high. Well, that's because you want all the poor people to die. Uh, I No, <laughs> no, not exactly what yeah. I'm going for, but you know, like that kind of thing. So I think she was trying to avoid that. But what really takes her down is not so much that, it's that then people start realizing that she's a rampant plagiarist. And, and I feel like it's, it's X that brought her down because it's just people posting under every post of hers or other, any people trying to defend her. It's on the left side, it's somebody's book or paper. And on the right side, it's what Claudine Gay wrote. And they've highlighted the words that are the same. And they're basically just lifting paragraphs out of stuff and not attributing it right <laughs> <That> is... <laughs> and so like it's irrefutable <laughs> yeah tw dude, twitter twitter is uh our ex is an amazing is an amazing <laughs> yeah but like my hope is that it opens people's eyes at least to some angle right so like you see you see a, a new york times article it says claudine gay's resignation is a is due to racism and then somebody posts under it no, it's because she's a rampant plagiarist, right? Like here's yeah. why. Ding ding. Yeah. Or well, even even the like the community guidelines context thing now <laughs> yes. is really funny. Um, like we we saw this video of uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who was um a Washington Post reporter, asked him if he condemned white supremacism. To which to then he said, no, or he said. He didn't say no. He said, "I condemn racism of in every way." Basically, there's a clip. It's like there's it's like three minutes. Um. So then he tells the reporter that you're gonna put this on there and you're gonna put the headline as Vivek refuses to condemn white supremacy, which of course she does. And then <laughs> Twitter, uh, it says readers added context. This is a disingenuous framing of the exchange. He condemned all forms of racism, but per, but refused to participate in a clear gotcha moment by the journalist. Like that's <laughs> to, like X added that under her post. And it's like, <laughs> oh, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. Uh, it's, it's such so a good, good takedown. Yeah. It's, um, but I, I, I mean, well, I, I, I appreciate it. I mean, even like the, we were, the other thing we touched on was the, like the Epstein files getting released. Right. And I saw yeah. a couple posts floating around X where I was like, that person did. And then under it, it is community notes. It just says, nope, that didn't happen. Great. Thanks. We're like, okay, great. That was a made up post. Okay. Yeah. And I can go on my day. Notes is super helpful because it's like a compilation of like the most uh, replies, which maybe sometimes is not always right. Um, but then it's got its own like mechanism where you can say if it's helpful or not helpful or whatever. So mm -hmm. it's it's not perfect, but no, sure. it allows for moments like that where there's a there's a coming together of like a he said she said situation, um, and then somebody will put up the whole video and it's clearly one way or the other way. Um, yeah, I think we're late enough in this. Well, I don't know. Did you, I think we're late enough in here that nobody's listening anymore that we can talk about Epstein? Um, did you? Uh, <laughs> I couldn't find the actual list. Did you? Yeah, I think you look so hard I, or not really. I, I kind of went digging a little bit, but it it looks like I was getting two stories, which I'm wondering if they're confused. So that some files got released, mm -hmm. but that there's more to come, right? And so interesting. Like there was some murmurs that there was a delay to the end of the month for mm -hmm. some file release. 
Um, and then some stuff came out. So I didn't know if that meant that the, the delay wasn't happening or the stuff that was coming out was not related to these delayed releases. They said there was a list of like 140 and I found like 50, um, yeah. but I didn't know. And then there was another one where it's like, you had to scroll through and there's a paragraph about each person providing context or whatever. And I was like, I don't care about the context. I just want to look through the list for memes and jokes and whatever, um, <laughs> which I've found a few, but, Oh, also, did you see that on, on ESPN, Aaron Rodgers said that Jimmy Kimmel was going to be on the, on Epstein's list. <laughs> Is that what happened? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that something flared up, but I didn't know what yeah. to do. So Jimmy Kimmel responded on Twitter saying that he was going to sue Aaron Rodgers or whatever, which I find hilarious because Jimmy Kimmel spent uh, three years pushing all the COVID nonsense um, and yeah. lying, lying about Trump and whatever else. But as soon as somebody says something about him, that when you watch the clip of Aaron Rodgers say it, like he's like joking a bit, but like maybe not really. Um, yeah, it's like oh, so some as soon as somebody says something you don't like, Jimmy, you're gonna threaten to sue him. Well, that's nice. I like, <laughs> I didn't really, I wasn't, I didn't mind him before all this nonsense, but mm-hmm. now I yeah, sure. really, I really don't like him. Like that, just, I don't know. The the relationship that fascinates me about Jimmy Kimmel is him and Adam Carolla going back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. And now watching Adam Carolla, like they were buddies, right? Like they were, mm-hmm. they were on the man show and then, right? Like, and now they're clearly on opposite sides of most issues. And I mean, I, I don't watch Kimmel, so I don't know if he's ever commented on it, but uh, it's pretty clear that like Carolla doesn't want to talk about it. Like he just sort of, you know, he just sort of like, I, I think he's trying to protect a friend kind of thing. Like he, he just doesn't want to engage on the topic. Um, but well, it is Jimmy, fascinating to me. Jimmy has no point to stand on, so if they engaged, it would be a bloodbath. Yeah, but it I is fascinating know. for me to watch, like Jimmy Kimmel try to take the moral high ground. When again, I'm like, I mean, I'm sure I can find some clips that are not okay, Jimmy. Not in 2024, Loads. they're not. <laughs> right. Yeah, don't. Maybe you shouldn't do blackface, dude. Right. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm su- I'm surprised that didn't get him fired. With, like when when it came out when it resurfaced it was a very inflammatory time um yeah. and he apologized and whatever else but i'm surprised that more didn't come to to him than yeah. just the apology cuz it kind of as soon as it came up it kind of went away and i don't know if that's because he's part of the right like there's the cool kids club and you're not in it or whatever carlin said yeah um I don't know if it's because yeah. of that, but that was a bit surprising. That, but I mean, the memes are all over the internet. Same with Trudeau and whatever. <laughs> yeah, like Trudeau's his own piece of whatever he's doing. I people are not, are not fans of him uh, at in in the slightest. Um, what's your take on the uh, Trump getting booted off the ballot in Colorado and Maine? I mean, I it seems totally made up, right? Like, I, I mean, I, I don't understand. I don't understand the math. Well, I, I think I do, but I, I think it's just politics, right? Like, I, I don't think there's any legal ground here. The, though I will say, maybe this is my episode hot take, which, which is I could see the Supreme Court going one of two ways, right? So I guess there's well, only two I ways. I mean, there's go, only but, two ways to yes. go. 
<laughs> but I could see this court making the two arguments and I'm not, sh I lean towards they're going to make the, this is ridiculous argument. You can't, you can't charge somebody with insurrection. You can't punish them for insurrection unless you're going to charge them for insurrection, right? Which is a real legally defined crime that you can charge somebody for and nobody's done it. So if you're not gonna charge him with insurrection, then you can't punish him for insurrection. That's that, that seems ridiculous to me. Like, you know, that, uh, yeah, that's legal framework. So I could see them saying that, right? I could also see them saying, because they've ruled this way on a couple cases, it's a state's rights issue. I don't know. Parties are Ooh. private parties. I don't know. Do whatever you want. I don't care what you do in your Elks Club. Right. Mm. That's that's your jam. Uh, so I that's my that would be my hot take is if it goes the other way, as I suspect it, that would be the argument. But I don't think that'll happen. But I could I could see them making that argument going. We have no jurisdiction here. Who the state puts on their primary is a state issue. It's not a federal issue. The parties are not. Uh, they're not federal apparatuses. They are private entities. So I don't get to tell you who's, you know, who's captain the cheerleading team. And I don't get to tell you who's on the ballot here. Mm. I, I don't think, think they'll go that way. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll see. I, if if it does go that way, then things will get very, very interesting for... Um, but I don't, I mean... And then what happens with, like, I don't... I feel like it, Biden is not going to be on the ballot. You but, think so? Well, see, so I, I think people I think people are more unhappy with him than they were with Trump. At this point, yeah, the polls back that up, right? I just get the feel like even even people who I know are like, oh, I could never vote for Trump, or I've never voted Republican, or whatever. Those people are posting about how bad Biden is, and I'm like, so. Mm. I don't, but I feel I don't know. I just like I, they haven't done anything. I mean, the only thing that they've done was they tried to Hunter Biden out in front of the Capitol to say, oh, that my dad wasn't involved, and it was only me that spent a million dollars on hookers or whatever he did. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I'm allowed to do my own business, whatever. Blah 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 blah. But. Yeah. So I don't maybe I like how could they can't do he cannot do a debate. I don't care who I don't care who it is. Even if it's Nikki Haley, who I really hope it's not her because then we're going to war with everybody. Um <laughs> but Trump hashtag Raytheon stock. Yeah. Although <laughs> Shane Gillis had a good bit about Biden beating Trump in the debates because he's like Trump Trump tries to get in your head, dude, and he's like, "Goes good luck getting in Joe's head, dude. Joe's Joe's <laughs> not in. That. Joe's not in there. Good yeah. luck, dude. Um, he's the only kryptonite. <laughs> yeah, but you can't like, he can't talk. So yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I I think I think they'll. Uh, my guess is that they will. Um, they'll just not do debates. That'll just be it. They'll come up with some paper thin excuse to not do it. Oh, Trump! And, Trump's on the ballot. We're not going to debate a criminal. Yep, it'll be something like that. 
Uh, and then they're just going to bet that people buy it because uh, that, because they're though, that's their two options, right? Is chance implosion or chance. Or, maybe or people get, just or get rid of him it. or they get rid of him. They're like, all right, look, Joe, pardon your son and get the hell out of here and be like, Oh, I'm uh, due to health reasons. I'm not running. And something like that, because the other thing is, <laughs> I mean, but and then but do like, what? Right? What? Run. But what? Are, what do they do with Kamala? Because she yeah, is a... she she's more unlikable than almost all of them. I think the only person more unlikable than her is probably Hillary Clinton. She is the best protection to President Biden. Is yes. that she's standing there smiling, <laughs> and so and then you can't pass her up. No, you, you can't, right? Because then they have to deal with the whole woman of color thing. Yeah. And then there's Newsom, who's just been sitting there saying, hey, guys, I'm still here. Did you see me wipe the floor with Ron DeSantis, even though none of my facts were were correct? Like, none of my facts were facts. Yeah. And that was a weird one, because Ron DeSantis, DeSantis seems like he's a smart dude, and he seems like he would not do a horrible job as president if he didn't have to talk to anyone. Yeah. But as soon as he has to talk to somebody or make a speech, you're like, oh, dude, come on. Yeah. And what's wild to me is that I don't understand. I mean, let me rephrase. I would I would pick Vivek 100% at this point. I like Vivek. Yeah. So, I like Vivek. But nobody knows about him. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day who's been Democrats or, or whatever. He's like... Biden doesn't seem like he's doing that well. And I, every time I see this Vivek guy, I seem to like what he has to say. We got into a whole discussion about it. He was like, I don't even know who Nikki Haley is. I was like, all right, well, don't. That's not a good, it's fine that you don't know who she is. Like, if you want to know. Your life is better this way. She, yeah, she's, yes. but, um, and he's like, like, I don't really like Trump, but I was doing better when Trump was here. He's just like noticing. Yeah. It's like, you see the wheels yeah. turning and I'm sitting there. Told you, <laughs> like I didn't. Yeah. I didn't really yeah. like him either, but so yeah. that's been I. That's in term, but in terms of things are going to get wild. That's another one. Things are going to get wild because if it's Trump and Biden, whoever wins, the other side is going to be not very happy at all. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I, I saw. A, I don't remember who said this. I feel bad. Whoever said this, I'm sorry, I didn't attribute it to you. But I heard somebody talking on a podcast and they said that um, it's now sort of set up for failure, right? Like the whole thing is set up for yep. failure, right? Because if you're watching it really closely, if if it's Trump v. Biden and Trump wins, the Biden people are going to go, he wasn't even supposed to be allowed to run. Look at all these states that tried to throw him off. He's an insurrectionist, Right. So they're going to go, I don't accept these results. And if it's Biden, then all the Trump people are going to accept the results. So you've just primed it that no matter which way you spin, half the country goes, I don't believe this. Yeah. <laughs> like there, There's no winning. But it's just, um, it's that scene out of Deadpool where he's going to run over the guy with the Zamboni. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just a slow moving train wreck that I just, yeah. I, I don't think there's a way out like you said i i just don't short uh i mean i guess some health thing could happen but short of that i think i think it's biden trump i think that's well, what's happening yeah 
and it's it's only going to be to Biden, man. Trump, Trump is running on McDonald's and no alcohol for seventy eight years or whatever, and dude looks like he's he's going on podcasts, he's playing golf. He, dude, he's still. <laughs> I mean, he's made out of preservative at this point. He really is, dude. He's like he's. <laughs> I made a joke that he looks like a dusty Cheeto. That he's made of Cheetos and McDonald's, I, I mean, it's unbelievable, honestly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, dude, I don't even know. Oh, I forgot to do this at the beginning. So, um, I've been doing this thing where I ask every guest a question from the previous guest who doesn't know who the next guest is. Um, oh, okay. So, I figured the, the last guest left me with two. And because you've been on a gazillion times, I figure you probably need a second one anyways um so let me go find it real quick am i gonna have to like come up with a question on the fly no 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 you just just no you just text it to me later Um, okay good yeah no 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 you don't have to say it live on so they just you just text it after why can i not find did he send it here mustafa you send me too many sports things just kidding. Love you, dude. Okay. He's got two. Uh, first one is, what's something you wish you spent more time doing and why? Oh, that's a good one. Um, this is one you'll appreciate, which is weightlifting. I was never into weightlifting as a kid. I hated it. It was my least favorite exercise. I would do cardio. 10 out of 10 times before I would lift a weight. I've now gotten into it more recently and I feel great. Like, I think it's really, I mean, it's helps my mood. It helps. I feel better, right. Kind of both from a like physique perspective and also energy wise and just general physicality, which is great. Cause like, I don't sleep anymore with the kids and everything was starting to hurt. <laughs> like I'd reached that stage. Uh, so yeah, no, I wish I had gotten into it earlier, but, uh, better late than never. Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. It, it helps. Yeah. I can, I cannot be a bigger advocate of, of resistance training, whether it's weights or resistance bands or body weight workouts or something that just isn't necessarily, but like strength and resistance training, I could not be a bigger advocate just for like long-term mm-hmm. health, mentally, physically, everything. Um, yeah, it yeah, clears yeah. my head way better than like cardio ever did. Yeah. Yeah, because halfway through you're hating yourself, but <laughs> yeah, true. Well, some people, some people are not, but no. Um, the second one is if you had the opportunity to get a message across to a large group of people, what would your message be? And uh, I feel like that's fitting because we have a large group of podcast listeners. Yeah, <laughs> especially at this stage. Yeah, especially at this stage. There's probably. I wonder who will be on it. Maybe if I tell Mustafa that I asked the questions at the end. No, he'll probably just skip to the end. I would. <laughs> I'm Mustafa. I would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the second one. Um, I could get a message across to a lot of people. What would it be? Um, hmm. That's a tough one. I mean, I, I think it would be something to do with, this isn't a, this isn't an exactly an answer to a question, but I wish people had a better understanding of how 
I feel like I feel personally that life is a series of systems. And that's how I understand the world around me is less about the people and more about the systems that they're placed in, right? And that helps me see things like conflict of interest or see things like this is a system that works and can protect consumers or this is a thing like this idea will work out well, this idea will not work out well. And it's less dependent on the individual and more dependent on the framework that that person is being inserted into. Um, because I feel like an individual can buck a system, but over time, the system trumps the individual, right? Absolutely. Because there's just, yeah, you're not going to have the one guy forever or the one girl forever in the position. You will start to select for somebody who's going to play ball in whatever system you've built, whether that's corporate America or whether it's, you know, in your own family life, you know, by not, you know, stuff like that, like understanding that, listen, if we don't clear the dinner table, nobody's going to sit at the dinner table. That's, it's not about me. It's not about the people here. If we don't make homework hour, the kids won't do homework. That's, it's not about them. They're good kids. You know, they're smart kids. I love them. They're great. It's that if you don't put the framework in place, it will all kind of fall apart. And I, I assess that on multiple levels, right? Of like, if you introduce this thing, whether it's legislation or a mental framework of, you know, oppressor, oppressed, you know, whatever the system is, you know, Democrat, Republican, Congress as general as a general thing, I feel like people focus on the person and not the system. And so they miss, I wish people would look at life more that way and just say, listen, you know, I think that our previous discussion is a great example. I don't know. I know a hand, I think a the vast majority of people I know do not want it to be Trump-Biden. Why is it going to be Trump-Biden? Because the system has defined it that way, right? The system has been pushing this way for years. And I think it will end up that way because of various forces built into the cake, right? And it's less about those guys and, you know, somebody behind the scenes pulling the strings like the Wizard of Oz than it is about the pressures built baked into it. And so same thing of like, you know, if you understand ballot requirements, right, and why various third parties have trouble getting votes, then you understand that there's a system pressure there that is trying to prevent them from getting that way. And so and I think you can see, I feel I see the world clearer when I look at things that way. Yeah, fair enough. That's a good answer. Um. I feel like we've gotten covered enough topics to get us both uh, in trouble. Um, any any last nickels? Uh, no. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing it. It's always fun. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.